Hey there, welcome back to Voice Vulnerabilities, where we share common struggles and experiences to open up discussions and make topics that are not well talked about accessible. So last podcast, I introduced the first sub-series called Voicing Mental Health, where we try to break the barriers and stigma talking about mental health. So today we have a special guest with us. Um, his name is Sebastian Elvino from Peru, and he's currently a psychology student in Amsterdam. Um, we actually met in um, tutorial about a year ago, and he's a special friend whom I can talk openly about mental health. So today we're going to talk about living abroad as international students um, with a mental health disorder or mental health disorders. Hey, Sebastian, I welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for being hey. the first guest. Well, first of all, like, it's a really great initiative that you have, and uh, I, I, I'm really happy to be part of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a really big challenge to end up like, uh, well, personally, like having like um, some disorders and then just going abroad completely and like start basically from zero. And, you know, it's, it's a whole experience. And I think like this is going to be good for people that are just going to go like even to Yuba or other universities because yeah, like that's really scary uh, I, when I was first was thinking about it. But then as the time goes on, it gets way better. Yeah, and I also applaud your um, initiation to this topic because there are a lot of international students out there struggling living alone and being in different cultures. And it might seem like they're alone in it, but by us talking about it, it might kind of unify the international students. So we both went to Amsterdam in fall of 2019. And we just want to talk about the pros and the cons. So I want to ask you, Sebastian, what do you like about being independent or in, and what is hard um, being independent? Oh, so the good thing, you are, you don't have to rely on anyone. It's like, for example, if you, uh, if you go out, it's like, you have to tell your mom, it's like, mom, I'm going out with these <laughs> friends. Mom, I'm like, I need, I'm going with this friend. And you have to tell them like the basic, like the basic biography of this other friend. At least that's how it was me. Like, where was he born? Like, what's their astrology, astrological sign? Stuff like that. Okay, it's not real, but you, you get the gist. Yeah. I can go, I can go anywhere I want. I, I can, if I want, for example, to go and hang out with my friends at like, let's say a bar at eight or nine, I am the master of my, of my own time. I can do whatever I want. The only thing, and this is the con of being independent, you have to balance perfectly everything. It's like, because like, you have to have your social life, you have to have your studio life, and as well, you have to have, um, have to take care of your mental health and your physical health. Mm -hmm. and that's a whole different, a uh, whole different thing. And uh, one of the things I think that you can improve definitely is that they don't think that one, like the component of like either social life or mental health can be in that equation, but you always education has to be that because the amount of workload, it's insane. It and for a, yeah, for, and in a way, in a, in a point I was able to um, achieve that, like the, the workload, like just like, even reading the whole chapter before the class, like it's supposed to be, but I didn't have any friends and that was my whole first month. So I don't think have, not having any friends is good, but yeah, definitely 
managing all that balance. I, mm -hmm. yeah, because I don't know, back at home, you wouldn't like to care about like, I don't know, what making, making your own laundry, making mm -hmm. your food, mm -hmm. like arranging bills, uh, make doctor appointments, um, like all of that, you have to do it by your own. That's true. And yeah, and you have to think a whole, like you have to make a whole space in your mind about all the extra things that about non-university. And sometimes I spend more time doing non-university things, which in a way is helping me right, with my mental health, <laughs> like not focusing just on like, mm -hmm. I don't know, psychology. Mm -hmm. It's it's good. I don't know. I started even cooking even more because of the quarantine. Mm -hmm. So that you mentioned about um, helping with your mental health, could you maybe explain about what um, you struggle with? Um, yeah, so, um, so I was diagnosed in 2017 uh, with both resistant, uh, chronic resistant depression mm -hmm. and with attention deficit disorder. Uh, so the clinical depression, you know, you are constantly feeling, feeling uh, it's a whole disorder, check the DSM-5 to more information, but uh, basically it's that it's it's you're feeling constantly down you have a lack of energy motivation and you there's other factors that are affected the problem with the crit resistant which i have is that i've tried between seven to eight different antidepressants and different therapies and in a point it started working but then it stops because my neurochemistry has already adapted to this um chemical imbalance so it's a struggle i i might say and Attention deficit disorder is like the one that actually caused me more problem most of the time because when you're constantly studying and even more in a university that puts a lot of workload, you you most of the time you're gonna pass sitting down on a reading uh, reading material, watching lectures. The thing with ADD is that um, you cannot. It's mm -hmm. really 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 hard yeah. to do that and achieve yeah. that and it's already a big challenge to just even get out of bed and now yeah. from point getting out of bed to sitting down to your laptop and watching stuff that you might not like but you have to learn yeah and after that yeah it's it, it, it's a whole yeah. a lot of challenges right it's, there it's like the extreme package for you i can imagine how hard it is dealing with depression and um attention deficit disorder because when i was depressed i remember yeah, I couldn't get out of bed, but also I lost focus. I lost my concentration. So it sure sounds like you have <laughs> you have a very hard like comorbid um, with your mental health. Yeah. Yeah, but in a way, you just learn how to cope with it, and it's like just an extra challenge you have to deal with every every day. That's it's true. not like mm -hmm. yeah, and sometimes people might not understand like i remember my mom didn't understand it for a really long time and my sisters uh like they're like oh you probably will prefer to play video games right now than studying and the, it's like the question is like well of course i would prefer I prefer playing video games than studying who who wouldn't but the problem is i cannot physically focus mm -hmm. you know it's as well that's why i started like um and i remember um when i saw you for the first time in um well, not if I saw you the first time, like I remember like you approaching me and you see that I was down mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. like in the tutorial yeah. uh, a long time ago. I, I, I was like completely open. It's like, yeah, I have this. It's sometimes really hard. Yeah. As well, it's in the morning. Yeah, it, yeah was, it was surprising because you were quite the first person that was so open about your mental health. And you also um, mentioned that in your high school, you were quite open about it. And you also gave like a talk and it helped yeah. open the discussion and it helped other kids also realize that they had this mental condition. So I think that's really good. You know, that's what we want to um, kind of appreciate here in this platform and what we try to um, spread more of. So I think that's really cool. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, because um, uh, actually one of the things that after um, I, because I was open, I even talked to the, the director because I wanted like some um, help with my exams, like mm-hmm. maybe like extra, like a bit, a bit of extra deadlines mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was surprised. And then at a point he invited me to do a talk in front of the whole school about the importance of mental health. I'm experienced doing, doing it on the International Baccalaureate program. And in, in a point, one of my teachers approached me and said, I'm, I recorded your talk and I sent it to my, my, um, my nephew because she's passing through a really hard time. Like she's in the UK, but I think your work might help her a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was like, oh my God, I actually am helping someone that's not even here, like yeah, giving a speech amazing. about like, yeah, yeah I, I was in shock. I like this teacher, by the way, she didn't think that I, she, she was, she thought I was cheating. <laughs> like I, we didn't have a good relationship, but she appreciated the words I had gave. And I really feel that that's one, that's one of the reasons why I want to be a clinical psychologist. Amazing. I want to help people. That's mm-hmm. what gave, gives me so much joy, even by being open about it. And any of you out there who are um, struggling with mental health, you really don't know how much influence you can have by being open and honest about it because who knows, maybe your next door neighbor or maybe your friend or maybe your family member struggles with mental health. And by you opening up with it, you, you make it more accessible and you make it more comfortable for people to talk about and people aren't that scared anymore and they can relate to it. So it really it does have a lot of influence just by one person, even one person opening up. It's, it's just like a, you know, um, kind of like a spider web effect. You affect a lot of people and those people affect the others. And, you know, it's just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like a butterfly effect. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So with your mental health, um, this is also something that I uh, struggle with, but did you struggle with loneliness? How did that affect um, your mental health? Yeah, so mostly, like, there's two aspects of loneliness. It's either like the, the one that people mostly think like, oh, you're physically alone, but there's the emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. I actually, I didn't mind the physical of being alone because, mm-hmm. But the emotional one, that's, that's one of the things that I think I fear, everybody fears the most. Mm-hmm. I remember I started feeling like that since I was a kid, a small kid, because well, my parents didn't have a great relationship. My sisters were already abroad studying in, in university. So I was basically alone for most of the time dealing with my own issues, already thinking that I was already having depression. And loneliness can 
really make you go down a drain, like go down a hole where you're just overthinking and overthinking stuff that's not completely true. Like, you know, it's like the ideas of worthlessness, of like rejecting your appearance, all of that, uh, like just is a contribution. And all of it, it's just has a common, yeah, it has a, like a, a triggering effect, the, the loneliness. Because mm-hmm. if you feel that you are, can connect easily with other people, then that loneliness decreases a bit, but of course it's a whole barrier. Um, on my personal experience, I felt real lonely while I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Not so much so when I came here to Yuba, because I think a great contribution was um, that I could make my own friends and I didn't and I could meet whatever whoever I wanted to mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and now that even though now I'm physically alone I don't feel al- alone emotionally anymore mm-hmm. because of all the great people I've met throughout this journey okay so, wow it seems like you you really have made great connections and you know in such a new city um, being independent and personally for me I struggled because uh there were just too many options <laughs> basically <laughs> And it was hard narrowing down. I felt quite lost and I felt quite um, scared to approach new people. Um, but do you have any like advice maybe of how, how to make connections, such intimate connections in such a new culture? Yeah. Um, so of course it's gonna be the, the obvious line of be yourself, but be yourself in a way that you're comfortable. Don't try to be yourself by showing everything. No, just be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I was comfortable by sharing my experiences. And I think like that brought many people to me. I am comfortable making a lot of jokes as you have noticed or sharing pictures of raccoons, which is <laughs> something I constantly do. I feel completely comfortable doing that. Um, and just think that What's the worst that can happen? What you're not gonna see the, the some in a big program like uh, uh, like in psychology, it's like what six hundred people. I've probably seen people in 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 big classes, and I've never seen them again. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of like they're not gonna say anything? Mm-hmm. They barely true. gonna remember your name. So just be yourself, mm-hmm. be comfortable about it, mm-hmm. and also um, like just try as well. Just, baby steps you know baby steps just maybe tell some someone hey i like your hair today hey i like your makeup or <laughs> hey uh hey what do you think about this or do you find these these assignments hard or not or whatever like i can tell you like i have this friend called nestor like the way we met was that i was talking that i had all the books for the uh for the psychology uh, first year psychology all all this year and he approached me because he heard like like he was eye uh eye dropping so like wait you just said that and it's like yeah it's like oh my god give me your phone number i want them as well <laughs> and i up to this day know him and speak him to him constantly and wow. i found him one of my best friends here wow. <laughs> yeah just like that okay so okay point is be yourself and don't be scared because there's a whole lot of people that you probably wouldn't meet again. So why does it matter? 
And third yeah. is to start um, small if you're scared. It doesn't need to be right away intimate. Just start with, I like your hair or can I get the books? And then if you have more contact, it kind of comes naturally. If it's the right person, you hit it off well, then you'll probably make more plans. But one thing is that if you do meet someone that you really like, I find it really good that you immediately get their contact because you don't know you're gonna, whether you're gonna meet them again. So yeah, that's, that's one of the things. And another thing is that everyone's schedules are so different um, that it's kind of hard to um, see each other and plan things together. So I would say be very initiative, be very upfront if you want to meet up with the person. Um, don't expect the other person to initiate. If you like that person, just go for it. And um, that would probably help catalyze and um, help you make more more good friendships. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And again, like personally, I would show pictures of raccoons. Now, not many people would like that, but, I, <laughs> but hey, like you, you never know. So I, I swear, yeah. Sebastian, he sends so many <laughs> raccoon photos. At some point, I was so tired. <laughs> 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 oh. So till this day, he is still a raccoon lover. So yeah. <laughs> hey, one day I'm going to have a raccoon. And that raccoon's gonna love me. Well, I applaud. I hope that comes true. <laughs> me too. Me too. Okay. So, um, what are the things then that we can utilize for um, overcoming these problems and also just getting help with um, mental health disorders? So, it's always good to already try to know what you have. That's, the, yeah, that's always gonna be a good step because you're always gonna be with the doubt like, oh, I think I have it in my mind or not. It's always good to hear that another person, a professional is telling you like, hey, what's this? Like, cause I felt a big relief when I, I heard I had attention deficit disorder. Most people will be freaked out, but I will be like, oh, thank God. I am not just stupid. Yeah, I, I, I generally cannot focus and it's a thing and I feel relieved like and there's treatment for that and it can be treated and until this day like well before I was way worse at focusing now I can actually focus for like two or three hours straight and um the only problem I'm gonna tell you and if you're troubling to Amsterdam is that really get an appointment or find a psychiatrist mm -hmm. on your hometown and then translate that because mm -hmm. like here it takes you a month if you are really lucky month to two months to get help so and that's one of the things i really don't like about amsterdam it's so packed it's so bureaucratic it, it takes is. so long for getting appointments i yeah and good thing is that i already got my appointment before traveling here and i translated all of everything um in my in a medical report and I just need to give it to my GP, and my GP started giving the medicine that is said in the in the in the report. Um, but yeah, it's uh, always try to know what you have. Mm -hmm. That's because true. yeah, and yeah. and you know, don't be scared if what you find is not pleasant. Yeah. I, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, however, I can tell you, always be in contact with someone. Again, it comes back to the loneliness. Loneliness can be your worst enemy, even more than hunger or not having enough money to buy uh, to to buy a beer. And, and beer here is really cheap. Um, it's maybe your worst enemy. So always have like friends. I, for example, get along really get along really well with my flatmates. So even if I have a problem, I can just knock next door, like and ease my mind. But knowing that anything that happens, somebody is around. Yeah. Somebody is around. So yeah. always kind of like have a support system, mm -hmm. um, and everything, because it's you know you always need to express yourself. That's it's true. gonna be always hard and, to not do that. And I do really um, resound with what you said about um, knowing what you have, because when I had depression and anxiety, I was blaming a lot of the things on myself. <laughs> why am I so lazy? And, you know, like, why am I so incompetent? Maybe I can't do this all by myself. Um, but the thing is, once you do realize there is a reason to it, that you have a diagnosis, it just, it's just a massive relief. So definitely take up on Sebastian's advice to really get the appointment really early. And I honestly didn't know about like getting, you know, like your hometown's letter kind of translated. <laughs> I think that's quite a good advice because it took me six months <laughs> to, mm -hmm. get a, <laughs> to get a psychologist. So definitely anyone who's coming, just in general, if you're going to another country and you know that you have a mental health disorder, get the document, get it translated to that language and you know, get things straight right away with the system yeah. in the new place. And yeah, same thing as support system. You, you have to be open with the people around you. Um, for example, you said flatmates, right? Yeah. It might be kind, yeah, it might be kind of daunting for you to, you know, because flatmates sometimes can be strangers, new people that you meet, but because they are in close proximity to you and they're the first ones that can really help you, I would say you should definitely put it in one of your list of having to tell them that you have this mental health disorder or this issue and you know the symptoms you might have so that they don't misunderstand and also just what help what can really help you in those situations so yeah i find them quite quite good advice thank you yeah um and maybe anything with utilizing maybe the school support system um right. for those who struggle yeah because actually i've approached these people in yuba uh these cool psychologists i approached the student counselor and student advisors to know what to do about it because i got into a point that i could i was constantly having panic attacks again mm -hmm. um i was really sad about Sometimes I work my, my, myself really hard and I ended up sometimes not getting not satisfactory results for my exams and I needed to talk with somebody. So always attempt to get help from school. It's always gonna be good um, for two main reasons. One, the school then has an official record that you are going through this. Mm -hmm. So if anything happens, 
like, I don't know, let's say you fail an exam uh, or something, you school already has like a record of like what's going on behind you mm -hmm. and they might try to help you overcome the problem and as well try to help you overcome your educational problems that are coming with that. Um, and for a second, it's because it's good already to be start to start talking to somebody. They are maybe the closest proximity. I know that, for example, I went first to a student advisor, mm -hmm. and they then both did contact, uh, gave me an um, address to my current GP mm -hmm. to check me myself ment uh, mentally, and as well with the uh, student psychologist because she saw that I was really struggling. Um, that's as well one of the shockers. People really want to help you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's true. what's happened. Yeah, yeah, people really want to help you. I <laughs> remember, I remember, for example, I was in the uh, in the Yuba library. I was having a panic attack. I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I just went to the counter. I wrote, I have a panic attack in a paper because I couldn't talk. I gave it to the person, and they started started helping me. They mm -hmm. gave me a chair. They started giving me water. They gave me like a bag to start breathing in, start breathing out, wow. and it was heartwarming. Wow. I really felt that anything happens mm -hmm. I'm gonna be safe mm -hmm. people really want to help you and sure. yeah and it's not like I don't know I don't know the situation in Korea but sometimes in Peru people do not understand what mental illnesses are actually sometimes I've heard actually mental illnesses sometimes are inventions of psychiatrists or psychologists to take your money <laughs> which I don't know where I come from <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, it is like that yeah. in Korea too. If I have to, if I have to um, say, because um, you know, a lot of my family members, a lot of people around deny um, that mental health issues even not like um, happen. So that's true. It's unfortunate that a lot of cultures still are quite behind on it, especially when they think it's an invention. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. and as well, I think it's such is as important as physical health you should go check yourself out as you do is with a dgp it's you need to check out what's your problems if you uh if you have something that's really bothering you you should mm -hmm. check it out mm -hmm. just like you have like something in your leg mm -hmm. if you have something in your mind that's Definitely. really bothering you every day you should yeah. go so generally if you have to say schools are being paid to give support in these areas like a huge part of um the money the funds that they have is for um the support for mental health and as a student as a customer if i might say mm -hmm. you have full right to um utilize it you have full right to use it so if you don't feel comfortable talking to the student advisor you can talk to your friends to help um, yeah, talk to your friends first and then let them maybe um, tell a teacher or a student study advisor. And um, I would have to say, like Sebastian said, a lot of people have good intentions as long as you are clear with what you feel and what you're struggling with. <laughs> because yeah. if you did not go up and if you did not say that you had a panic attack, people wouldn't know how to help you. But as long as you make it clear what you're struggling with, there will always be people there um, to help you. There are millions of research, a lot of support systems and um, just professionals out there 
who can who are ready to help you as long as you are ready to open up about it. Oh, definitely. And again, that comes to the to the points that go with yourself, like in your hometown, check with a psychiatrist, and then psychiatrist is gonna tell you, hey, if you're passing through this, it has a name. And then that's an exact name that like is cross-cultural. Everybody is will have a, a a kind of concept about it. And in countries like the Netherlands, it's mental health, it's not like a taboo that people just think, oh yes, I heard like from a friend's second, third cousin that he had it. No, it's like, it's really in their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have maybe, cause I'm thinking about any students who actually move abroad to cultures that aren't that accepting of mental health um, issues and seeking help. And do you have any, any advice for any who might be moving into a culture that um, denies um, that people need help with mental health? Yeah, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're definitely not alone. Inside mm-hmm. of that culture itself, you're gonna find a lot of people that are passing through, through that. They might try to as well try to deny that, like that they are passing through that, but the in the end, you're always you're not alone. That's mm-hmm. my best advice. Just be open about it. Mm-hmm. Don't you might get a bit of re- rejection, but don't that get that like stop you. I remember I opened myself towards my one of my teachers, one of the teachers that actually I've been his student for eight nine years. Um, and he told me like, yeah, I don't believe that depression or anything has never happened. I've never got it. I, that's, I don't know no one that actually has it. And of course that hurt me a bit, but that didn't stop me from being open. Always talk about your experiences, what you're going through and always get in, uh, like get knowledge about it. Cause you might think that the all rest of the people are right. And with stuff like, for example, I don't know. Um, let's say that um, I don't know if maybe the rest of the people say climate change is real. I think it's real. There's evidence about that. But when you're talking about stuff like mental health, like you're the only one. You're the one who's actually the last word. You're the one who actually knows what's going on with you. So please, if you're moving to a, a society that, or a culture that might not be that open about it, still be open about it. Still be open about experiences and you're gonna see change around you, mm-hmm. right? Like that's one of the things I started seeing online. I started knowing people that I didn't know that they had problems, but they started get, being open mm-hmm. about it. I've met people that was well, like for example, had anxiety disorders, eating disorders, um, uh, attention deficit disorders like me. and I didn't know that I had them, but in the end, I learned about that because I was open. Mm-hmm. They were not open about it, but when I, they start seeing that you are open and see an example, they start opening. Mm-hmm. So remember, you are not always never alone, and that you should be open about mm-hmm. everything that's going on with you. That's true, and if you're knowledgeable about it, then. Um, you know how you feel the best you are the best um, indicator of what you're going through so for example there might be cases where your parents don't this is a hard scenario but where your parents don't 
accepted and it might be hard because you've been growing under your parents umbrella and you tend to accept what they say but in this case you have to push through because our parents were quite conservative and they did not um they did not really address any mental health issues so in this case you really have to fight for yourself even if it means um doing something different than what your parents are saying and yeah i think that's also big a big struggle that people might have not being able to um get their parents support but you really have to listen to yourself and be knowledgeable as sebastian said and also you have to re- you have to realize that there are online um there is online therapy and you could you could be the one who who searches you know um group meetings with people who have depression or eating disorders so or whatever mental health issue that you have and you can request for um for therapy in countries that are more specialized in in the issue that you have and yeah just don't be scared use the internet that's what it's there for utilize it and that's what i also find quite helpful just um building maybe a support system online if you really can't find any in your place but as sebastian said also have people around you and be open because there are definitely people that struggle with the same thing or um any other um mental health issues there there are always people around you that struggle so just be open yeah that's yeah. great advice yeah definitely yeah. okay yeah um so maybe to wrap this up could maybe could you talk about maybe any positive reminders or like any songs podcasts or program that you listen to or <laughs> that helps you a lot get through this uh, um so Okay, so a book that I will recommend and I can also recommending for people that think that they might have depression or they know they have depression but they feel lonely is The Noonday Demon by Andrew Solomon. It's a book about uh, this novelist that he he developed a really severe case of depression uh and to the point that it nearly drove him to many suicide attempts going his life overboard but He's not, a, and he shows all his, all his experience about treatments, about everything. But he's not, not from a psychiatrical point of view, or psychological, from a, the, pers- the perspective of somebody who's passing through that. And that's really like what kept me sometimes like, going insane is that there's somebody who is there. There's people, many people, who are passing through the same thing. And it's for me a good note in the end. And, you know, like, just again, the idea that you're not crazy, that, mm-hmm. that every, all, everything that's going on here, it's mm-hmm. not just like, you know, something that should, it's wrong with you, but rather other people have it. And you can, all of you can deal with it and always can um, improve from your current situation. Um, another one that I actually, Seung or Ashley, uh, get uh so just to me i actually enjoy passing through uh juices with more with mori it's a great book mm-hmm. and 
and it's just nice to see a reflection of really like a lot of emotions and even the contemplation of like stuff that you don't might not want to to think about but you put it in a really soft way mm-hmm. and heartwarming i believe like that's a good reflection uh yeah and in oh actually and if i had to recommend any album i will recommend um mac miller's uh um circles it does a great yeah. album yeah and it really eases when i have sometimes really a lot of anxiety i put that album it really eases my anxiety away you might as well find your own album you know that might do that that's true. yeah i will for any anyone listening i will put like all the links below about what sebastian is recommending for you to check out if you want to can mm-hmm. tell us if it helps you or not <laughs> but yeah thank you so much sebastian for um being on this podcast and being the first one <laughs> and <laughs> i've yeah it was a great discussion and um if you have any if the listeners have any questions for Sebastian or me, um, you can email me or you can also DM me with um, any of the social media that you know. And yeah, so that was our second podcast with Voicing Mental Health. And um, I guess we'll wrap it up here then. 